Every day is a gift. And with each day, we are invited to be a part of what God is doing around us. Whether it seems like a mountaintop or the mundane, God has something for you in your everyday life. Welcome to the Everyday Life Podcast. All right, welcome back to the podcast, uh, the first podcast of 2021. And of course, we got you, uh, Pastor Robbie, on the podcast with us. Thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. So uh, 2020, Pastor, was an unbelievable year. Uh, it was so unexpected with twists and turns along the way. But 2020 here in the life of our church was so unbelievable in the way that it ended. Uh, in just the last week or so, we saw over 200 people follow through in believers' baptism. Uh, now, we would say here at Long Hall that baptism does not save you, but that it is an important step of obedience that a believer takes after they have been saved. Uh, so we saw several different people getting baptized. We saw people who were newly surrendering their life to Jesus. Uh, we saw people who had surrendered their life to Christ younger in age or earlier uh, in time, and then they needed to follow through in believer's baptism. And for whatever reason, they had held off on it, whether it was their pride and uh, they didn't want people to think differently of them or whatever the case may be. And then we saw people kind of like yourself who were baptized younger before they had a relationship with Jesus then they had surrendered their life to Christ, and now we're getting baptized on the right side of their salvation. And it was just unbelievable seeing all the life change and the excitement around this that was happening. Uh, but, Pastor, I have heard some of the backstory to kind of what led us up to this point, really what God was doing in your own life that, that led our church here. But I think our church needs to hear some of this backstory as well. Yeah, well, it, it has been truly amazing to, to witness. And if you haven't seen the videos, you can actually go back online and watch the yep. services and I dare you to try to watch it without uh, <laughs> shedding a tear. Every time I see it, it just moves me. Um, and I experienced it firsthand and I, I see it again. It's just moving. So I'll give you the backstory because obviously a genuine move of God, of God and, and I say genuine because we've been a part of planned moves of God. You know, you can put revival on the calendar and shoot for that and prepare for that and knock on doors and invite right. and, and pray God shows up. Right. But And I've been in some of those, and God has shown up. But this is, I believe, a genuine God-led move of his spirit on the hearts of people. Mm. And, and, and you were a part of it. So just seeing the way people would come. I mean, we had people literally driving from an hour away after seeing the first service to come in to be baptized. And, right. and they, they didn't even go to Long Hollow, or maybe they casually watched, and they said, uh, we said, why did you come? They said, we just felt compelled, which right. was a word that the revivalists used to use. People would literally drive off the interstate or off the road and just come to the place where God was. So we started to see that. And so what, what led up to this, I have to go back a couple years. A couple years ago, um, those at Long Hollow will remember that I led our church um, to be a praying church, not just a church that prays, but a praying church. Mm -hmm. And so Tim LaFleur, Russell Irwin, our, our care team, put together a 24-7 prayer watch, if you remember this. And we asked our church to sign up for certain hours of the 168 hours of the week, and uh, or 168 hours of the day. And so we had people literally, I mean, of the week, had people literally praying 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That was mm. our prayer. And we actually got up to, I think, 162 of wow. the 168 hours, okay? I, I just don't know how many people were excited about that <laughs> 3 or 4 a.m. Right. time, you know, so I get it. But so we had people praying, and this has been going on for two years. Then um, when COVID hit, the Lord really, and I was already... Uh, I always knew the importance of silence and solitude and spending time with God. Uh, and I would consider myself a pastor who prayed. Right. 
but nothing like I've experienced a prayer movement in my life over the last 10, 11 months. And it really came about through COVID. So when COVID happened, we were all locked up. Obviously, we couldn't right. leave and we were forced in our homes. And so instead of looking at it as an obstacle, I thought this is a great opportunity mm-hmm. for me to really develop a rhythm right. of sitting with the Lord. And then if you remember, I took our church through this silence and solitude series mm-hmm. where I was showing them the point of prayer is not just a monologue where you die, you, you, you speak to God right. and lecture. How many of our prayer times do we spend just giving God a laundry list of ideas we want him to bless on our agenda? Yeah. You know I mean? That's what we do. So the Lord showed me, you do a lot of talking, big man. (laughs) Time for you to probably sit and listen. And so I began to listen and simply listening, not to get something from the Lord, but to, but to really just be with the Lord. And this is what really got me about silence and solitude recently. I'll share this. Someone told me that we as humans are using a man-made language, the English language, right. to communicate to an infinite, eternal God wow. who transcends time, space, and language. And what they said is the longer you spend time in prayer, the more you realize how inadequate mm. the human language is. Right. And so, and I'm not saying we shouldn't use language. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But what I'm saying is there comes a time when we realize, man, you know, God, I don't have the words to say, so I'm just going to be still and know that you're God, right? Let all the earth be silent before the Lord. Be still and see the salvation of the Lord, he told Moses. So uh, I started that in March, led our church through that, and I developed this rhythm of sitting with the Lord for at least an hour, mostly two hours a night. So what I would do is I had this regular rhythm where I'd, uh, I'd spend time with the kids, I'd watch a show with Candy. Candy and I like to watch shows at night together. <laughs> we watch Datelines and other shows. So we watch shows together. And then at about 8.30ish, 8 o'clock-ish sometimes, I would go out on the porch. And I would sit from about 8.30, Wow, sitting with the Lord. Now, I'd been trying this for a year before, just in incremental segments of 10 minutes and 20 minutes. So you can't just go out and expect to sit with the Lord that long. And I'll tell you in in future podcasts what I do in that time, because we'll kind of give some parameters for how you can do that. But I'll just say this, I've been sitting with the Lord since March. And I mean, there's been some supernatural, insightful things that I've seen and experienced. And I took notes and the Lord began to speak to me. But nothing like what happened the Tuesday before Christmas yeah, or the Tuesday before um, the weekend of Christmas. Um, so I'll give you the backstory of what was leading up to that. Um, three months ago, we heard that a guy named Dylan Brown had gotten saved from 10 years of Satan worshiping, yep. 10 years of Satan worshiping. Now, what's cool about this story is Dylan Brown was a student at Beach High School, which is across the street from Long Hollow. Most of our student ministry, a lot of it comes from Beach so he was impacted by the ministry, but impacted really in a negative way mm-hmm. early on. And so Dylan Brown told me the story, and this is a sermon I'm going to preach on this one day because it just, it's just overwhelming to me. I asked him recently, uh, why did he turn his back on the Lord in high school? Because we were all over beach. We oh, were yeah. reaching students, and you were part of that, and people were getting saved. He told me this line, and I'd love for him to share this with our people one day. He said, what turned me off? were the superficial so-called Christians Mm. who got jazzed up and frenzied on Wednesday and live like the world the rest of the week. Yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, and this is what else he said. He said it wasn't just the students, it was the parents who knew what they were doing and supported it. Wow. 
Wow. I'll let that sink in. The parents who knew that the kids were phonies and the parents who put on a uh, theological, supernatural, spiritual act on Sunday and then live like they want it. And he said, I saw that, and I said, if that's Christianity, that's, that's a hoax, that's phony, I don't want that. Yeah. So he goes to the polar opposite extreme. Long story, I don't want to steal his testimony, but he makes a deal where he sells his soul to the devil. He's telling me this yeah. over coffee the other day. He sells his soul to the devil, goes through the ritual, pentagram, blood sacrifice, candles, big bonfire, ritualistic thing, goes through the ritual of selling his soul to the devil, and he says for the next 10 years, his life by the world standards was, he didn't say blessed, but he said uh, successful. Yeah. He said, Robbie, everything I touched was blessed and given to me by the yeah. world standard. Women, partying, drugs, money. I'd go apply for jobs, and I said, Dylan, it's interesting you say that because the devil is the prince of the power of this world. Yeah. So it makes sense. I mean, he tried right. to give Jesus everything. Yeah. Jesus like, you know, you think you got control, but I really own it anyway. So Dylan used to come to the youth group, he told me, but when he came, he was only here to cast spells on the students. You ready for this? People haven't heard this yet. On the students and the pastors. Brian wow. Mills, he cast spells on. Jeff wow. Lovingood was casting spells on. Yeah. They kicked him out of the student ministry, one of the policemen told me, because they caught him trying to draw a pentagram on the floor of the dome. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> pentagram. This is the guy who gets, yeah. okay, so this is what's his past like. Okay, so he says, long story short, he says, my whole life is empty. I become a hollow shell. I am soulless. The mm. devil has ripped my soul out. I look like a person who has all these things. Long story short, he gets put in jail, and uh, for the seventh time, he said, prayed to the Lord and said, God, if you get me out of jail, he said, I was helpless. You get me out of jail and I will surrender my life to you completely. Wow. Cause he was facing prison time. He said within 48 hours, he got out of prison Wow. and he knew that was the Lord. So he mm. surrenders his life to the Lord. Now, as he told me, uh, leaving the enemy side is not as easy as just transferring jerseys. <laughs> just switching teams. Yeah. He said the spiritual attacks, we might need to have him on one day cause he's got a Got a story and a half. But anyway, so he gets radically saved and follows through with baptism. And I think, I mean, in the supernatural realm, we don't talk about this a lot, but I can't help but think that something supernatural went on. It was almost like a release. It was like the foundations of the very core of the spiritual realm were being shaken. And when he gets baptized, he becomes this walking billboard for Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you see the guy, he's tat tatted up head to toe. He's got tattoos under his eyes. He's got tattoos on his eyelids. Uh, I mean, just just a picture of in the world. Right. And now he's a walking billboard for Christ. So he invites a girl named Patricia. She comes to church. I ask her if she's a Christian. First time she'd ever been at church. Have you given your, would you like to give your life to the Lord? She's like, I, I didn't, I didn't come for that. She said, actually, she said, pastor, I don't think Jesus would want someone like me knowing all the things I've done. Yeah. And I said, Patricia, he's exact. You're exactly the person he wants. And so two weeks later we had scheduled Dylan 10-year former Satan worshiper, to baptize his guest, Patricia, yeah. who delved in Satan worship, drugs, other things like my past. He was going to baptize her. So on the Sunday that this happened, which was the Sunday um, before Christmas, right. believe it or not. And this is what's so cool about God. When you go back and look at this, every single worldly um, circumstance was against us. Every one of them. Christmas holidays, right? So we had people traveling, uh, COVID. So not many in attendance. Not many attendance. 
the week before, if you go back and look at it, we encouraged people in my Wednesday email yeah. to stay home, <laughs> yeah. wear mask if you come, yeah. and really watch it online if you can. So we did right. everything we could to For make people it not to be here, to not to be here, <laughs> and to really set it up where this has to be the Lord. Yeah. And not only COVID, but I thought this was really fascinating. And by God's grace, we've been now three weeks since the first baptism. And I knew this going in. God told me or led me to believe when I was praying, Robbie, I'm going to take care of this thing. This is, this is me leading you to do this. Because people say, why didn't you wear a mask? You should have worn a mask when you baptized those people. And I said, yeah, I prayed about that. I was going to wear a mask. Yeah. But the Lord reminded me, Jesus went and touched the leper, and he didn't get leprosy. Mm. And this is something I've called you to do. Wow. And so I was obedient to that. And I don't want to be super spiritual, but I was obedient to that word. By God's grace, we're three weeks out. And I haven't heard of anything, just an outbreak. And people were going into that water one after another, right. which is really a God thing. Okay, so the first day we had 12 people. Uh, leading up to that week, uh, we only had 12 people coming forward. Uh, I got a call from a guy uh, who's in our, in our um, church who's a policeman who said that there was a guy who just lost his wife and his nine-year-old son to a break-in of a criminal he knew in jail. This guy was in jail. His wife was out of jail. This guy he met in prison, tried to get a job from him, got a job from his foreman while he was in jail. The foreman hires him, has to fire him because he doesn't show up for work. The guy gets mad, goes to the house of this guy who owns the business, 31-year-old mom, 9-year-old boy, holds him at gunpoint, kills them both, takes money, leaves. Two days later, they hem him up in a house. He kills himself. So you just think of this whirlwind. This guy in prison or in jail loses his whole family mm. in a moment. So I go do the funeral. I get to know this guy. We talk every day that week. And uh, I asked him this question. And this was the most telling. And I believe this is the question that start, sparked it. I said, Dre, his name is Andre, call him Dre. I said, Dre, are you mad at God? Because it's easy to be mad at God. You're in jail. God takes your whole family in a moment. He said, I'm not mad at the Lord. He said, actually, I'm thankful. Wow. Let <laughs> me think about this. He said, I'm thankful. He said, because if I would have been in the home when my wife and my son went to meet Jesus to be with the Lord, I was not prepared to meet Jesus. Wow. He said, so I really believe the Lord has given me a second chance. And I think of the maturity and the wisdom to see that. Mm -hmm. He said, now God's used the death of my wife and my son to bring me closer to him, and I'm ready to go all in. So I pray with him on the phone, and I ask him if it's, a, if it's okay for me to give an invitation at the funeral. He said, man, there'll be so many people here. A couple hundred people at the funeral, give an invitation, 50 people. I say that line, you know, I'm not ready to meet the Lord. Right. I bet there's some in here who's not, who are not ready. 50 people raise their hand, wow. four of whom are Dre's parents yep. and Jesse, the girl who died's parents. It's crazy. So that afternoon, I knew this baptism was coming up. 12 people were going to be baptized. And I texted Dre. I said, man, I don't want to put a lot on you, but... Um, would you be open to being baptized tomorrow? I just think it would be amazing. And I didn't know what he was going to say. He said, I think Jesse would want me to do it. Wow. I'd love to do it. And you had baptized her two years prior. Yeah, that's a, a little backstory. Yeah, so two years prior, we baptized her. They were members of Long Hollow, mm -hmm. and they were all. He, she was all in. The, kid, the son was all in, Zeke. But the dad wasn't. He was yeah. cultural. And so he said, I'd love to. So he shows up the next day. Jesse's mom is there, and her dad's there. And the mom's there. And I said, man, thank you all for coming. I said, uh, Wanda. You know, because at this point, I'm asking everybody. Because at this right. point, I'm sensing the Lord's doing <laughs> yeah. something. You know, I'm asking anybody. Or, I said, Wanda, have you followed through with baptism after you gave, gave, gave your life to the Lord? She said, no. I said, well, 
are you coming today to be baptized? She said, well, I'm not prepared to. I said, don't worry, we are. <laughs> so how do we get to here? So why do we do the spontaneous baptism? The Tuesday before the Sunday, this is really a crucial piece. I was sitting with the Lord as I normally do at night. And right at the end of the time, toward the end of being out there, I heard as clear as day. It was in my head. It wasn't audible. It was in my head. I heard this in my head. Spontaneous baptism in my head. Now, if you know me, I've never done this. I've never done a spontaneous baptism in my life before. So this is not me coming up with this. And so I start reasoning with the Lord. Lord, how, how in the world are we going to do spontaneous baptism? There, I mean, we don't, it's Tuesday. Right. We got the, the, the Sunday before Christmas. My team is, most of my team's off. You know, they're ta- I'm supposed to be off. And uh, the Lord, I felt like, was impressing upon me. You, you worry about doing it, I'll, I'll, I'll respond with the results. Mm-hmm. You just be obedient. So I tell our team on Thursday, they frantically work Friday and Saturday buying every pair of shorts, T-shirts, and towels in winter. <laughs> I mean, really, that's the greatest miracle. So we have 100, and the, the number the Lord gave me, you remember this, yep. was 100. Right. Now, for those who know church life and even been at Long Hollow, 100 spontaneous baptisms. Now, you can have bigger baptism services, and I've seen them, where you plan for months and you invite kids and you bring right. the camp bus back and you baptize. I mean, I've seen those things, and praise God for that. But I'm talking, the Lord told me, you know, really impressed upon me, 100 people Spontane- they're just going to come out of the the, the streets and because the, they definitely weren't at church. We right. had the lowest attended <laughs> Sunday in the history of me being here. Right on that Sunday, so um, I get up to preach that day. I told my staff hundred, and I recorded a video Saturday night and told our staff. You mm-hmm. remember, I believe hundred people are going to be baptized, yeah. which is crazy. It's crazy. I've never seen that before in my life. But I was believing the Lord. We get up that day. The attendance is very low. We think, Colin even says when he does the announcements, everybody here has got to be saved. There's yeah. nobody lost here. Like, what do we do? I know Pastor heard from the Lord, but man, we're gonna... and uh, when I gave the invitation, uh, I didn't know who would come. And one started coming, two, then four. The first service, we baptized 25. Yeah. And we, we, we had no clue it was coming, but we thought 25 people just came. It was unbelievable. In our first service, which is typically our largest service yes. of the day as well. Exactly. The first is normally larger. So, but I believe there was more coming Mm -hmm. because I knew Dre was coming at 11. I knew Dylan, Patricia was coming at 11 and little did I know Dre and Patricia were going to bring people. Wow. Because lost people or or former lost people know lost people. So, um, we did the, well, so between services, I'm in the green room eating breakfast like I normally do. And they come in pastor. There's a girl, remember this, that just Mm -hmm. drove in. From Jolton yeah. or something. She said, I was watching online, and I just had to get in the car and get here. Yeah. And she just walked in in between services, yeah. and we just kept baptizing people. Yeah. They're like, hey, would you come? Sure. So I go back. Then they say, we got another guy. Remember, a right. guy drove in. He wants. So I'm baptizing between services. We knew something was happening. And we gave the 11 o'clock invitation. It was like opening the floodgates. Right. And then Gallatin, uh, mm-hmm. our Gallatin campus, baptized 11 uh, as well. And so... We finished the day, and I went home, and I got the number. 99 <laughs> people. There's yeah. got to be one more somewhere. I mean, got to be an online guy, Andrew, for real, but somewhere. 99 people were baptized. It was, it was mind-blowing right. to think of it. I went home that night, and I thought, wow, God is so good. And then I got texts from our staff that started saying people are calling right. and emailing. They missed it. Can they come next week? And the Lord just impressed upon me, you need to go baptize again. So I planned a baptism for Tuesday. 
But then you and I got called Monday and Tuesday mm -hmm. that people were baptizing in their, their hot tubs, yep. in their homes. It was mind-blowing. So you and I went around, took video. So by the time we hit Tuesday, the number had grown to 103. So now we're at 103 going into Tuesday. Again, Tuesday, no planning. Don't We don't know if anybody's going to come. And we baptized for an hour and 20, 15, 20 minutes. Right. 81 more people. <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, 81 more people. And you think about um, people saying, well, did they just get in the water? No. Thank God for our deacons, right. our leaders, our staff who worked overtime two days before Christmas. And they came in and counseled and talked to, and we turned people away. No, like yesterday we had somebody, no, you're not ready to be baptized. So it's not, like, it's not hey, breathe on this mirror, okay, right. get in the water. No, it's do you <laughs> understand the gospel? Do you have a testimony? And the reason I say that is this. Two, two things I want to take away and then we'll move on. But I think the thing we need to know at Long Hollow is true revival always is preceded mm. by prayer. Yeah. Always. Always by prayer. I can't help but think that uh, the years of praying at Long Hollow and the faithful men and women and people who join us all over the country who are really praying and burdened for revival. I said this Sunday, the reason we don't see revival in our churches is because we've become content to mm. live without it. Yeah. We don't need it. But what this did, here's the second thing the Lord showed me. What this did is showed me personally, for no one else, this changed my heart and mind about the Lord. God is real. Now, I know that's simplistic, but, but feel the weight of this. God is real. And God works in response to people praying. Yep. He's already, it's a simple formula of the Christian life. God is real. And I think what God has shown me and our people that I've talked to is that it has enriched our faith to believe that God can do this yeah. and do it again and do it again. And so when I was praying after the first day, I, I have my journal here and you can see this. I wrote down in my journal a couple of things. Number one is, God, my prayer has been that this is not about me or Long Hollow or our staff or our church. I don't want it to be about any. I want this to be genuinely about Jesus. Yep. And here's my bigger prayer. My prayer is that other churches and pastors around the city, around the country, around the world would see God move, even for a moment like we saw in that seven, eight-day period, baptized 206 by the end of it. Actually, by this week, we baptized 220. Still, wow. And it's still gone. I pray that when you share, as you're hearing this story, with other people, did you hear what God did at Long Hollow? It's not about a man or a ministry or a church. It's about, did you hear what God did? Yep. And people begin to believe God can do that in my church. So many pastors now are burnt out. So many pastors are stagnant now because of COVID. So many pastors are ready to throw in the towel. My prayer is that this would be a glimpse of what it means to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus and right. see a God-moved, spirit-led, manifested revival. Well, Pastor, I, I can tell you this. I've been here at Long Hollow for over a decade now, so going on 12 years, and I've loved every single day of it and every single season, but I've never experienced anything like this. Uh, what God is doing right now is shaking our church to the core, and we don't want to go back. You know, we don't want to go back to business as usual. We want to continue to live this out. I want to continue to live this out in my own life. Um, you know, I was reading in Luke 2 this morning as we've, you know, kicked off the the new reading plan for the year. And what got impressed on me is you have the angels who were singing God's praises, the shepherd. You have Mary who was who was just captivated by Jesus. You had uh, the prophetess Anna. You had all these people, Simeon, who they had an encounter with Jesus and they couldn't help but tell people about it. Mm. And I think that's what we're experiencing right now at Long Hollow, this 
unbelievable encounter with Jesus that we cannot wait to tell people about. And I think this is a revival that is happening within our church that is going to become an awakening in our community. And I don't just mean Sumner County. You know, I mean uh, everywhere that, that we set our foot, and hopefully, like you said, impacting other churches as well. So I need to ask you this, Pastor. How can our church, how can, if you're listening to this podcast right now, if you're a part of Long Hollow or you're not, you're just a believer, how can you prepare your hearts to jump in to where God is already at work? Yeah, I think this is God teeing up uh, the next season of ministry mm-hmm. at Long Hollow and, and ministry in your heart if you're joining us. Um, what I would say is we're about to engage in a 21 uh, or, or, or three or four part, but really the next three weeks series on pressing into God. Yeah. We, we call it, we call it discount devotion because most of us have discounted our time with God. We say a, a quick prayer. We come to church once a week and then we put our spiritual life in the closet. What I'm going to show us over the next few weeks is how to press into God. I said this line Sunday, you have as much of God as you want mm-hmm. right now. Now think about that. You right now have as much of God as you want. And the little bit of God you have in your life, superficial, paper mache, paper theology, I mean, that's the best you want. That's all you're going to get. But for those of us who are listening who want more of God, we're going to pray and fast for 21 days starting Sunday. Um, Some of you may pray and fast the entire 21 days and fast the entire 21 days. Some may go longer. It's up to you. I want you to pray about it. Some may not be able to fast from food, but you can fast from something. Right. I'm going to fast once a week. I can't fast for, I mean, I could possibly, but I'm on different medication. And with my heart, the doctor says, probably not good you do this, but, (laughs) but you need to talk to your medical uh, professional. But uh, for me, I'm going to fast one day a week from food. And then I'm going to give up certain things in my life. And then I'm going to press into God with prayer and fasting. And I'm committing to praying, uh, I'm just still praying about a couple hours a day in prayer and seeking the Lord. And so you just need to be obedient to that. And I can't help but think, if we have, you know, Long Hollow probably has 10, 12,000 who circle and cycle through our church, whether you come in person and, and those online now. If we could just get a third mm. of those people praying, of our people, a third. Right. I mean, that's a couple thousand people pressing in to God for more of God. I think if we do that, we could see a revival that would shake the very foundation of this country. Let's go. That could start at, at, start at Long Hollow. And we could see a move of God that really could be a ripple effect to the world. Well, listen, church, uh, we are so excited about what God has in store. Uh, And I'm fired up about this 21 days of fasting and prayer. I'm asking the Lord to shake my own life, uh, shake my own heart and my family, uh, and then use us to shake the community for the gospel as well. So uh, tune in to the next episode as we uh, really break down what is fasting, why do we fast, how do we fast. You may be hearing this right now, and you're like, man, that sounds great. I don't have a clue what that means. Well, we are going to walk you through that. And then, of course, tune in uh, online uh, the next couple Sundays as we continue our series on discount devotion. So, Pastor, I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you pray for us as we close? Yeah, I'd love to. Let's pray. Father, we really just want more of you, and um, we don't want um, we don't want your hands. We want your face, because we know when we get your face and seek your face, we get both. And so, God, I pray you pour out your Spirit upon your people, and um, we would see uh, visions of you, have dreams of you, encounter the presence of you, see your glory firsthand, and it wouldn't be something we read about in books or hear about in blogs, but we would actually have firsthand eyewitness account to say, I saw the Lord. I experienced God. 
That's our prayer, Lord. And so I pray that for all of us, not just for the pastors or the trained professionals or those on staff or deacons or life group leaders. I pray for every single person that you pour out your spirit on us. More of you, less of us. We ask it in Jesus' name.